Well, the young boy, the young boy really wanted this new bike. Uh, just the other day, this young man went to Walmart with his dad, and of course he guided his dad over into the bike section and pointed out to dad there was a nice red mountain bike that he really wanted. In fact, he climbed onto this bike and he showed his dad how this bike was just made for him. It fit him perfectly. Well, at home on the lampstand, this young little man uh, also put a, uh, where dad has his newspaper, the young boy highlighted in the newspaper uh, with a marker a local sale that was taking place at the local hardware, and there was 25% off on the bikes at the hardware store. And so, of course, this little guy, he highlighted that in dad's newspaper, hoping dad would see that, okay? Also, in this little man's uh, uh, bedroom, he taped on the wall above his bed pictures of brand new bikes, pictures that he gleaned from catalogs and newspaper flyers. Uh, it was difficult for mom and dad to ignore the pictures as they tucked their son into bed. And if they were able to ignore those pictures, uh, the little boy's prayer requests always reminded mom and dad of his one desire for his birthday, and that was a brand new bike. Well, guess what this young little guy got for his birthday? He got the brand new red mountain bike, all right? And he was tickled. Now, the secret for receiving this brand new bike was this little boy's repetition. The young boy just did not share his birthday desire one time, but he shared it many times. That which was important to this young boy was made known to his parents many, many times. This morning, we once again come to a meal in which Jesus participated. In fact, uh, we would say that Jesus was the head chef in this particular situation. And as you've already kind of come to see and understand that this particular uh, meal in which Jesus participated in was the feeding of the 5,000. This is a miracle that God wanted everyone to be familiar with. And so like the little boy that we just spoke about, who repeatedly uh, placed before his parents his desire for this new bike. I mean, he did this many times. What we find when it comes to this story, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, is that it's repeated over and over again. It's repeated not only in the Gospel of Matthew, but as you work through, you see it's in Mark, you see it's in Luke, and it's in John. So of all the miracles that Jesus has performed, this one, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only one that is repeated in all four Gospels. So that leads us to think this particular story, this miracle must be important. If it's repeated numerous times, it must be important. There must be something that we can learn, something that we can glean from it. And therefore, God says he didn't want us to miss out, so he repeated it numerous times. And indeed, there are some wonderful lessons in this particular miracle where Jesus feeds the 5,000. But before we can get to that miracle and the lessons that follow out of it, we need to read that story. So we're in Matthew chapter 14, and so if you have a copy of God's Word, join me in Matthew chapter 14, 
as we read this wonderful story, this miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. Matthew chapter 14, I begin reading in verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Uh, let me just back up and just give you a little bit of a reference here. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, what is it that just happened? Well, here's what happened. Jesus' good friend, John the Baptist, you remember John the Baptist? Uh, John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod. And this is the news that has just happened that has reached Jesus' ears. So then it says that after he received this news, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, do not, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. After a hard day, most of us would like to just kind of be left alone. But what we see taking place here in our Bible story this morning is that Jesus puts his needs, his particular wants aside, and he begins to minister to all the people that are pursuing him, that have gathered. They brought those who are ill, those who are sick, those who need healing, and Jesus even though he's exhausted, no doubt, even though he is bothered by the loss of somebody dear, John the Baptist, even though that's going on, Jesus puts his needs, his desires aside, and he ministers to those who are in need. As evening approached, the disciples said to Jesus, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy themselves some food. That was the counsel of the disciples. Jesus counters the disciples' counsel with these words. He says, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Of course, the disciples are thinking to themselves, if not out loud, they're saying, how in the world, Jesus, are we going to feed all these people? There's no way that we can do this. 
One disciple, and this is recorded for us in the book of Mark, remember that this particular story is repeated in all the Gospels, and each one of the Gospels brings a little bit more flavor to the story. But anyhow, in the Gospel of Mark, we have Philip, one of the disciples, and he makes this comment regarding this big need and trying to feed him. He says, Jesus, you know, it would take eight months' wages or 200 denarii to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. In today's currency, that would be about $4,000. Okay. There's a huge crowd of people, 5,000. The disciples counsel Jesus. You need to send them to town so they can get something to eat. Jesus says, don't do that. You guys feed them. And they say, we feed them. I don't have 4,000 bucks. There's another disciple by the name of Andrew. He's the brother of Simon Peter. And uh, Andrew, he, he scrounged up a small lunch. In fact, you read that in the book of John 2, that they found a small lunch that contained five loaves of bread and two fish. That was a young boy's lunch. And uh, nothing fancy. Barely enough food there to feed a small boy, let alone a multitude. But I think Andrew... Uh, made this offer. He offers this to Jesus, and I think he does so kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of to lighten the mood. He says to Jesus, well, Jesus, we, we do have a sack lunch here, five loaves of bread and two fish. Again, I think he's doing this tongue-in-cheek. Tongue and, of course, then Jesus surprises these guys, and he says, well, bring it here. Bring the bread, bring the fish here. Well, once the meal is in Jesus' hands, wonderful things happen. The people lacked nothing. In fact, we are told that 12 baskets of leftovers were gathered together. And so we see that Jesus put on a marvelous picnic, an awesome meal. What a miracle, right? But more than that, we get a glimpse into how wonderful and powerful a God He is. That's the God you're here worshiping today. It's the God you serve. He feeds the 5,000. Now remember, this is a story that's repeated. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle that Jesus has repeated in each of the four Gospels. Four times he tells this story. God definitely wants us to learn something from this particular miracle. So the question is, what are we to learn? What should we glean from the feeding of the 5,000? Why is it so important to repeat it in each one of the Gospels? Well, there are numerous lessons that we could extrapolate from this particular story. Here's two for you this morning to consider. Lesson number one. God is looking for availability. God is looking for availability. What was available at this time? Well, we know they sure didn't have a McDonald's, right? They didn't have an Arby's. Casey's was under construction, so it was not in operation yet. So they just didn't have the resources. All they had was this small little boy 
who had a lunch with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all they had. They didn't have much, but it was enough. God used what was available. So that leads us to ask, in light of this story, each one of us to ask, what do I have available? Are you available to serve God? You're probably thinking, well, you know, I mean, what, what, what does God want to do with me? I mean, what, what can I bring? What can I give? It doesn't have to be much. So are you available? In addition to you being available, what do you have as a resource? What, what do you have that you can make available? You see, what we learn here from God in this story is he's looking for availability. He's looking for availability. Let me share with you a short poem, I think, that does a great job of helping us focus on being available. Here's the poem. God uses what you have to fill a need which you never could have filled. God uses where you are to take you where you never could have gone. God uses what you can do to accomplish what you never could have done. God uses who you are to let you become who you never could have been. You see, God's not looking for anything fancy. He's not looking for anything that's polished. He's not looking for something remarkable. Just available. Are you available? I mean, God wants to use you. Are you available? What resource do you have that's available? In your eyes, you think it's a small little sack lunch. But it's the little lunch that God feeds the 5,000. Are you available? What resource is available? Lesson number two. When we face the impossible, we tell God what to do. Okay, did you get that one? When we face the impossible, we tell God what needs to be done. Glance back with me to verses 15 and 16 in our story. See, the disciples, they faced an impossible situation. Uh, they could never meet the needs of these people. There's just too many. The job was huge, beyond their ability. And to make sure that Jesus understood, they encouraged him to dismiss the crowd so that the crowd could go into town and get something to eat. You see, when you face an impossible situation, we tell God what to do. Just like the disciples. It's kind of like the Old Testament story of Moses. When Moses faced the impossible, he told God what to do. For example, maybe you remember the story. God uh, came to Moses and told Moses, Moses, I want you to lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, out of slavery. I have chosen you, Moses, to do that. And what does Moses say to, to, to God? Well, here's what he says in Exodus 4. God... You know, hey, 
I'm slow to speech and tongue. Please send someone else to do this incredible job. God, you've got the wrong man. That's what Moses was saying. You see, when we face the impossible, we tell God what to do. Like Moses, like the disciples, when we face something that's difficult, we tell God what to do. Maybe you've been asked to teach Sunday school, or maybe since we've heard Sky's announcement about the aid, the help that she needs in our Sunday school program, you're thinking, you know, I, I, I don't think I can help out there. I, I really don't know God's Bible very well to instruct these kids. You see what's happening here? You're facing an impossible situation. You're, you're feeling like, I can't do this, and so you're telling God, hey, God, I can't do it because I don't know your word. I don't know the Bible well enough. Or it may sound like this. You want me to forgive and love them? God, that's impossible. You know what they're like. I can't do that. So we tell God when we face the impossible, we tell God what to do. Or, God, you want me to change? They need to change first, God. So you see how we, we dictate, how we tell God what needs to take place when we face a difficult situation? You know, there comes a time in our life sometimes when we just need to close our mouths and simply trust God. You know, we are a weak people. But that is not an excuse, all right? If you will, as a way of an analogy, we all are just a sack lunch, really. We're a sack lunch. But based on our story this morning, we cannot let that be an excuse not to serve God. Because God is looking for availability and he takes what is available and he magnifies it. He increases it. That's how God works. We need to respond like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Where he declared these words. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am nothing more than a sack lunch of five loaves and two fish, when I'm only that, and God gets a hold of me, then I am strong. God takes the small and he magnifies it. He takes the ins insignificant and he escalates it. He takes the minute and he magnifies it. From our story this morning, the challenge is this. Are you available? What you possess is it available? Do not use the excuse of the sack lunch. 
Because God takes that which is small, minute, and seemingly insignificant. And he feeds a town the size of Goodland. You can impact people's lives by being available. Be available. Let's pray. Lord, again, thanks for the opportunity just to be challenged in our thinking. Lord, we think of ourselves so small. We're that boy with a little sack lunch, trying to feed ourselves, trying to keep our head above water, asking the question, what can I give? What can I do? Lord, this miracle that you have repeated over and over in the Gospels tells us you take what is available and you do something grand. Lord, may we not settle for the small and significant, but may we become available and participate in the grand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.